In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. About six months ago, as my ordination day approached, people kept asking me the same question. You probably can guess what it was. They would say something, maybe in a little bit different words, but they would say something like, are you ready? Are you prepared? And I got to admit, every time I heard that question, I was a little bit uncertain how I should answer it. I'd usually respond, of course, with something like, I'm as ready as I'm going to be, and I believe that completely that God has called me to this. I think it was because of the magnitude of the gift that I was about to receive in being ordained uh, that I hesitated in answering. That gift so far surpasses my worthiness. I knew and I know now in a far deeper way, having been a priest for six months, that I am an unworthy participant in the one priesthood of Christ in which I'm privileged to share. No one is completely prepared for such a gift. Seminary is important, and it does make us ready to receive. It helps a man to be able to uh, get ready for holy orders. But the gift and the cross that come with that sacrament, they remain a mystery to be lived. Not something that I, I could grasp beforehand. A mystery that I'm still unfolding in my own life. Brothers and sisters, I'm struck uh, over the past six months as I've celebrated the weddings of, of people, how similar the experience is for them as well. All of the couples that I've married, I believe them to be ready to get married, but none of them were completely prepared. The mystery into which those who marry enter far surpasses their capacity to understand it. As many of you can probably attest, on the day of your marriage, though you may have thought you were equal to the promise you made, you soon realize that you needed grace. You needed help to fulfill that promise. You realize that you were, in a sense, unworthy of that promise. Just as I was on the day of my ordination, See, the same is true of a lot of things in life. No one's completely prepared to have kids. No one's completely prepared to convert to the Catholic faith. No one is completely prepared for a lot of things in life. This is because when we say we're prepared, that word prepared comes from a conjunction of two Latin words, right? Pre, which is kind of a prefix meaning beforehand, and then pare or par, if you think of golf, right? Equal, right? Par, I'm on par, I'm equal to the task. So when you say that you're prepared for something, you're saying, I know myself and I know the task before me and I know I'm equal to the challenge which is coming. But here's the thing, brothers and sisters, in all those situations that I just described and many more that we could talk about, we don't know always exactly what the challenges are before we face them. We do our best to predict them, and that's prudent. We can and we should use our intellect to think about, oh, this is going to be hard, so I better prepare in this way. 
but we often still remain uncertain at about exactly how those challenges will come and what they'll be. And because of that, we cannot know with absolute certainty whether we'll be equal to all which comes before us. But here's what's interesting, brothers and sisters. Despite that uncertainty, you and I move forward. We continue to move forward. Though we may not be completely prepared, I do believe, brothers and sisters, that we can say yes. In this final week of Advent here, The church often places before our eyes John the Baptist on the one hand and our Blessed Mother on the other hand. John the Baptist cries out, prepare the way of the Lord. And our Blessed Mother, she teaches us how to say yes, even if we don't feel completely prepared. If you consider, brothers and sisters, the Annunciation, think back to that story. Mary receiving the words of Gabriel, the archangel, that she would become the mother of our Lord, was ready for those words. But she wasn't completely prepared for them. You look, she ponders those words in her heart. She is, uh, when, the, when the angel first says, hail full of grace, she ponders what sort of greeting this might be. It actually says that she's troubled in her heart. Brothers and sisters, what gave Mary the capacity to say yes in that situation? What gives us, like her, the capacity to say yes when we don't know completely how God will bring to fulfillment the plan He has for us or the plan that He's made clear in our life. See, it's it's usually not the what that concerns us, it's the how. What makes us ready? How can we be ready for a future that we don't know? I'd suggest that there's two ways for us to have the confidence we need to say yes to something. First, it's that thing we were talking about just a second ago. We know ourselves, and we know the challenge before us, and we find, we say, well, yep, I'm equal to this challenge. Second, the second way that we can be ready to say yes is a little bit more subtle. We can know that there's one whom we can trust, who's capable of supplying that which we need to overcome any challenge if we find ourselves lacking. You see this second way kind of played out on a human level uh, in the relationship between parents and small children. You guys who have seen parents, or, or who are parents, you know that when your kid's on the playground going down the slide for the first time, what are they doing before they're going to go down that slide? They're looking at you. They're looking over their shoulder just to make sure that mom or dad is there. The mere presence of mom or dad, of the security that mom or dad provides, is enough 
to allow the toddler to surpass himself, right? To go beyond, to explore beyond what he knew previously. Our Blessed Mother teaches us in the story of the Annunciation that that second way, right, is the way which we ought to relate to God. As a child trusts that his parents are there for him and provides what he needs, so also we have to recognize that God is always working for the good of those who love us. That's us. Right? Even when we don't know how exactly. And that, brothers and sisters, is called faith. And that's perhaps the most fundamental aspect which the church places before our eyes of our waiting during the season of Advent. We've been talking about the fact that we're in, we're waiting and that Advent is that time of the church year when she places before our eyes as a good mother the fact that we're waiting for the fulfillment, for the coming of Christ once again. We don't get to choose whether or how long we wait, but we do get to choose how we wait. We wait because we're human, but how we wait determines whether we flourish or whether we fail as human persons. Whether the day of Christ's coming will be a great, a day of great joy or a terrible day. So how do we wait? We wait with our eyes fixed on heaven because we need a heavenly savior. We wait together because he'll save us together. We wait with joy because the Lord is near. And we wait with faith. We wait with faith which moves us to trust like Mary trusted. Which makes us ready to say yes to loving as Christ loves. Even when we can't see exactly how everything will work out. We trust, brothers and sisters, that God really does love you and me. And because we trust that God loves us, we can move forward even in the time of waiting when not everything is completely clear. Like a good parent, God provides the grounding necessary for us to embark even as we wait for His return on the adventure of life which is found in participating in and demonstrating His love to others. That type of love which we receive from God, that makes us free. The one who has mature faith, he's not, he or she is not Pollyanna-ish. That person is not naive. Rather, he recognizes that trusting God, that exercising the gift of faith and loving like Him will mean becoming vulnerable to heartbreak, to disappointment, and probably to failure. But he doesn't, in the words of St. Paul in our epistle today, he doesn't pass judgment on those things before the Lord comes because it's the Lord who will bring to light the things which are hidden in darkness and disclose the purposes of his heart. On that day, brothers and sisters, when the Lord comes and we go out to meet him, providence will be completely made clear and it will be seen to be the plan of one who loves us. We are, in the words of St. Paul again, stewards of that great mystery of God's love. 
a love which does not disappoint, a love which can be trusted even in the dark moments because it was a love that entered into the darkness. A love which so moved the Father that He sent His Son to die for you and me that we might have life with Him. And because we know that love, brothers and sisters, we can live, we can take a risk, a chance with the knowledge that His love is completely ours always. We can make a promise on the day of our baptism, on the day of our confirmation, on the day of our marriage, or on the day of our ordination that we could never hope to keep by ourselves. But even in the more ordinary moments of our life, and perhaps more profoundly, by exercising our faith in God, we become more and more capable of loving as He loves. Because God proves Himself completely trustworthy, albeit in a mysterious way. In short, you and I can love We can choose to love with our whole self, holding nothing back, loving others as He loves us. Brothers and sisters, together moved by our faith, let us joyfully wait with eyes fixed on heaven because we need a heavenly Savior. Come quickly, Lord Jesus.